0: You're listening to the Christian Music Blog Podcast, session number 15.
1: Welcome to the CMB Podcast, a podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith. As you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines, fueling your creativity and making you more prolific for
2: the glory of God. And now, your host, Nate Fancher.
0: Hey, what's up, everyone? And welcome to the 15th session of the Christian Music Blog Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me on this very special edition of the CMB Podcast. In today's feature segment, we have Robbie C. from the Robbie C. Band. And I'm thrilled to share with you the conversation we had. Quite an insightful guy, Robbie, and um, we talked about a handful of things, but particularly what jumped out to me was this discussion that we ended up having around his songwriting process and how that's changed over the years. I think you'll be greatly served by it, indeed, especially if you're a songwriter. So that's the feature segment for today, and also, here in just a moment, we'll be doing a very first new music segment with Stephen Bradley. Stephen is my go-to guy for finding new music, and he has some exciting new artists, To share with us for this month. Um, We're going to be bringing him on each month and uh, it's going to be great. So that's coming up in a moment. But first, I want to just say how pleased I am to tell you that at the time of this podcast being published, the new website is now going live. Um, So we're very excited. Christianmusicblog.com is now a a real website. Uh, Back in the fall of last year, for those of you who are new, back in the fall of last year, I, w- I was thinking through and praying about some things and really felt like I needed to launch a podcast and a new website for Christian musicians. Uh, so I, I kind of looked into the podcast thing. I realized it was a little bit of work, but I, I just felt like I had to do it. So, uh, so I got the podcast up and I, and I got a little landing page for the, for the domain christianmusicblog.com uh, just to collect some emails. This was all back in mid March of this year. And, um, so, since then, been putting some things together and trying to lead up to this moment. And here we are, June 15th. That was the date we set. Uh, folks have been signing up each and every day since then. Um, and it's just been a learning experience. Um, it's been a humbling experience just getting, uh, you know, emails from you guys that are excited about what what we're doing. Um, very encouraging. Um, I've been scrambling a little bit this week just making sure that everything's ready to go and looking good and that, you know, everything's working right. Um and along those lines, actually, I want to just give a big shout out to Robert Povolones. He is uh, the designer for the site. We've worked together on a few different projects, a few church websites, and uh, my own personal site, natefanchard.com. But he's a great designer, awesome designer. And um, if you're looking to, to, de- to develop a website, make sure you check him out, rpdesignlab.com. That's rpdesignlab.com. I'll leave a link in our show notes for today. But um, he's an excellent designer, really, really good, and a great guy in general to work with, really easy to work with, and um, and he's got an awesome eye for great design and, and what's fresh on the web. There are so many bad websites out there. I'm sorry. Um, that's one of the things we're going to talk about on the blog, by the way. Uh, musicians need to learn how to um, really promote themselves on the internet better than than most of them do. I'll, just, I'll put it that way. I'll try to be nice about it. <laughs> so... Um, but that's not for this episode. We won't go, go into that right now. Robert is a great designer. He's put a lot of hours into this new website, uh, making sure that you have the best possible web experience with CMB. So thank you. Thank you, Robert. Um, and, and really, thank you, everyone who's been a part of these early days of CMB. Thanks for your thoughts, your prayers, your support, your emails, and uh, even constructive feedback. I've I've gotten some some really good constructive feedback from people, and I need that, you know? It's been awesome, it's been really awesome. And so now let me tell you about what we're doing um, hand in hand to go with the launch of the new site. Those of you on our email list, you already know about this, but, but I'm gonna share it again because you can't over-communicate this kind of thing. It's important to get it. CMB from June 15th through July 15th for a month is going to be heavily promoting the new site through a very special giveaway. And we're calling it the Big Launch Giveaway. To help spread the word even more about all that God is up to with CMB, we'll be doing a drawing. Um, and, and and you're going to enter into it. You are, aren't you? <laughs> we'll be doing a drawing for 200 bucks. It's a $200 gift certificate to Sweetwater Music. If you want to check out what they have over there, just go to Sweetwater.com, and you can see all the gear that they have. And, and there's a lot of different stuff. So um, all the details for this drawing is at uh, Christian dot slash big launch giveaway at that page. You'll see where to sign up for the drawing. And uh, this isn't your typical drawing. You can actually increase your chances to win as you do more things to promote the launch. Uh, things like write on your blog about it or tweet, tweet it, you know, share it on Facebook. Um, there will be several options for you to increase your chances. So just head over again to Christian dot slash big launch giveaway. And that's hyphenated big launch giveaway. And uh, you can also just find a link right at the top of the of ChristianMusicBlog.com, um, and and find out more about it. I'm excited about this. I mean, I can speak in this mic till I'm blue in the face, and uh, it won't come close to the impact that you guys can make just from sharing the new launch uh, with your friends on Facebook and Twitter and 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 so on. Only you can generate buzz. Um, I can do all I can do is I can only do so much. Only you can generate buzz. So don't don't miss out on this big launch giveaway. Well, I am super excited about today's first new music segment with Stephen Bradley. Stephen, what's going on, man?
2: Yeah, not much. Uh, just enjoying the summer weather. It's been pretty good here. I think uh, England's perhaps starting to look a little bit like America at the moment. Getting some heat, which is nice.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, we've been a lot like you, at least where I am, because we we have a lot of rain lately. <laughs> that's that's what I think of when I think of England. Yeah, we got quite a bit. I'll give yeah. you that. <laughs> so yeah, this is exciting. This is the very first new music segment with Stephen Bradley. We're going to try to do these each month, Lord willing. And um, I, I for folks who are are new to you, they can go back and check episode ten, I believe, is what it was on the on the podcast I should probably check that to make sure I'm doing the right one let's see here yep episode 10 all right yeah discovering fresh new music with Stephen Bradley that's right um and so the reason we're we're doing this is because we want to constantly be um exposed to new music that inspires us in our music making so Stephen what what do you have for us in this regard what's some new music that we can be checking out this month
2: So, what should we go for first? I know, let's start off with, um, so this is is an album I've been listening to quite a lot recently, um, there's this band, or rather one guy, really, um, called Pilgrim, and the album goes by the same name, uh, all available for free download as well, so that's not going to cost you anything, um. So this album is basically electronica with a little bit of eighties thrown in, meets worship music. Um, Very
0: cool. So it's sort of M eighty three ish,
2: if you. Will. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. There's even so that, like the tracks kind of differ slightly, and like, it's quite varied. But I mean, it's still held together. Like one of the tracks really reminds me of MGMT. Um yeah, right. yeah. And sort of each track kind of makes you think of someone else a little bit um but yeah this is just really interesting it's it sounds great for summer it's definitely going to be getting a lot of plays um
0: very cool it's just
2: yes yeah, taking this genre it's very sort of dance it's very very much enjoyful. Um, it's definitely something you can put on and dance to and sing along to, but it's just really interesting some great lyrics, definitely straight worship music, but very much sort of dance electronica.
0: Awesome, so where can folks go to find Pilgrim is that pretty easy online?
2: Yeah, he's part of the Deeper Well Collective Um, I'll pass you the link and you can put that up with it but the place to get the album, if you go on noisetrade.com and do a little search for Pilgrim and that will come up
0: Gotcha, alright Noise Train, love it, yes <laughs>
2: Yeah, all, all the best music oh, is on yeah. there Oh yeah um, Yeah, I don't work for them by the way <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely check that one out um, You'd be hard pushed not to find yourself enjoying it um, Who else is there? So this guy isn't particularly new but I've been listening to him a lot again recently uh this rapper from Las Vegas called Jay Givens um he's got an album coming out this summer in August i believe um but i've been listening to one of his older mixtapes he just because it's quite original it's a fresh idea so i guess to sum up really quickly he took a bunch of instrumentals from Kanye West's album named the mixtape keep praying for Kanye West and does his own raps over the top of all these tracks and basically says at the start of it, this is an intercession mixtape. Think of someone, be praying for them as you listen to this album. Um, I just thought it's quite an original idea. Yeah, um, it's not something I kind of have come across much. And I, I've, yeah, I mean, it's really cool.
0: So, h- how many of those has has he done?
2: How many? So that's
0: or is that just the only one? The pray for Kanye West.
2: That. So he's got one mixtape, one album plus this Kanye West kind of album type thing but you can download that for free from his band camp but yeah it's just really original and like another thing I really like about that so the last track on the album he's well aware that with it being about Kanye West he's likely to grab in some listeners who aren't perhaps Christians and so on the last track of the album he just talks over the top of this track and basically says um If you're not a Christian, but you like the sound of this Jesus guy that I've been rapping about, um, and you want to know more then like, pick up the Bible, and he's like, and if you want to give your life to him, just follow me in this prayer now, and says this prayer. And it's just such a great thing to do, I think, especially for an album that is very much reaching out to people, and isn't just straight worship stuff. I think that's really nice to kind of have that follow-up at the end of it.
0: That's very unique, and he plays live as well, right? He plays out and does concerts.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think he's been doing a string of concerts recently. I keep sort of seeing things come up on his Twitter feed and stuff.
1: Very cool. Yeah,
0: and uh, we're excited about. Both of us are are big fans of Marcel music. Why don't you tell us about Ghost Ship, which is well at the time of this recording, they're coming out tomorrow, but when this goes live, it will already be out. So. Really stoked about all that's happening there. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, their their album is called The Good King. Um, I'm sure you can guess who they're referring to. <laughs> um, but I've yeah. I've caught a listen to their album a couple times. I've been quite busy, but I've they put up a full album preview a few days ago, uh, and that's really interesting. It's very it's quite a mixed album. I was quite surprised. Um, especially from hearing, I'd already heard two of the tracks from it and they're quite, not the same, but quite similar Uh, but there's some really good tracks on it there's one song that's quite sort of bluesy rock that's really nice Um, I can't remember the name of it now I think it's, in fact I can have a look here oh no I can't, it's gone I think it's called Lion Man of Judah perhaps
0: we'll we'll look look that back up and include that link
2: yeah, it's, I mean that'll be a good album. I think that will get passed around a lot. And if they follow in the success of citizens, I'm sure it will do well.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And with Tooth and Nail behind those artists, you know, they're really great at plugging, plugging artists and Tooth and Nail have such a solid fan base. Um, And yeah, they're going to do very well. We're really excited about having them on the podcast too, actually in a couple of weeks. Not sure when that, Show will be up, but we're, we're we're working on scheduling that. So very yeah. cool, man. And I know you have some uh, some things in the works. So we want we don't need to go into all the details, but can you give us maybe a just sort of a teaser about what's coming this summer?
2: Yeah, I can give you a scent of what's coming, I guess. Um, <laughs> so if you follow us on Facebook, you perhaps would have already caught a glimpse of what's coming. Uh, so I'm, um, I guess, I'll start with where the idea came from. I'm a big fan of playlists, always have been playlists for different moods, different seasons and things, and so I was putting together like a summer playlist for myself, and I was like, oh, this would be really cool to to do this for the blog, Um, put it out there, give it away to people for free. Um, So I basically started emailing artists, asking if they'd be happy for us to put them on this mixtape and basically just give away their, one of their songs for free. And so far I've got 12 songs confirmed for that. That's, hopefully it'll be out in about a month's time and it will basically just be a real mix of Christian music. There'll be worship, there'll be singer songwriter, electronic stuff, hip hop, just a great mix. But the whole idea of it is just to be like the soundtrack to your summer. And I know Very it'll definitely cool. be soundtrack to mine.
0: Yeah. Fantastic, man. So yeah, we'll we'll be looking forward to that next month when we have you back on. Definitely, man. Where can folks go to find out about what you're doing if if they didn't listen to episode number 10 of this podcast? Where where would you direct them?
2: Sure. Um best place I'd send you to is I guess the website, which is thegoodchristianmusicblog.com. Um or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the GCM blog, um, and it's the same for Twitter as well. But yeah, and you can find all the stuff on on either of those, I guess.
0: Cool, man, dude, I'm stoked, man. We'll 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 see you uh, next month and uh, have you back on for the new music segment. I, I think it's a really important um, thing for artists to be discovering fresh music as much as possible, so that they are inspired in their own music making so thanks man for all you do
2: yeah thanks it was good to join you I look forward to next month yeah see you then cool take care all
0: right awesome thank you Stephen I'm sorry I'm chuckling because uh, that little drum stab every time I hear it I'm like I don't know what I think about this and so now I'm actually publicly here voicing my insecurity over the drum stab and this is totally not in the script. Maybe maybe you can help me out. Actually, yeah, do this. Go to um, go to the show notes for today. That's christianmusicblog.com forward slash session 15. And now that the site's live, you can actually leave comments on all the posts. So, do you like the drum stab, yes or no? Um, just leave a comment, and then I'll, I'll, I'll tally it up, and uh, we'll see if this thing keeps surviving or not. So um, anyway, right right back to the more important stuff here. Um, yeah, that's, that's really cool. I'm, I'm really excited about all that's happening out in the world of, of Christians making great music, and um, Stephen's just awesome as far as fresh, uh, fresh music and discovering fresh music, so check him out on facebook.com forward slash the GCM blog, and uh, it's so important to stay freshly inspired as an artist, and uh, one way to do that is to discover new music, so that's, that's why we'll be doing these new music segments each month with Stephen. Well, as I said in the beginning, we have Robbie C. of the Robbie C. Band in today's feature segment. Uh, Robbie C. Band, um, sometimes referred to as RSB, they're a Christian band, a Christian rock worship band uh, based out of Houston, Texas. Robbie used to be the worship pastor over at Ecclesia. We actually go into the story about uh, of that and, and what he's currently doing now. And uh, his brother, Chris C., is, is the teaching pastor over at Ecclesia. And um, just an awesome story about how they got started. They were actually an independent band at the beginning and um, did several albums independently. And then Sparrow Records got a hold of them. And then, of course, their song, Song of Hope, Heaven Come Down, was uh, was huge on, on Christian Radio. It charted at number seven on Billboard's uh, Hot Christian Songs chart. His latest album, uh, it's a full-length album actually called Rich and Poor. You can actually find it on Noise Trade. It is a, it is a great record. Uh, we talk a little bit about that, and um, so I know you're going to get a lot out of this episode. I encourage you to grab a journal and a pen. Um, just just get all that you can out of this session. Um, it's very, very, very uh, inspiring. So here's my conversation with Robbie C. on the 15th session of the Christian Music Blog Podcast.
1: If everything I had was lost if everything i had was gone if everything i knew was suddenly a fraud and all i have is you holding on would it all be the same could i find beauty in the pain would i sing your praise would i seek your face i raise my voice loud and sing tell them all what you've done for me even in my darkest days I raise my voice loud and sing. Tell them all what you've done for me, even in my darkest days. I'm gonna sing your praise. Everywhere I look today, every common tree is blazed with the fire of God, the maker of
0: the stars. So it's great to have Robbie C on the podcast today. Thanks, Robbie, for being with
1: me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.
0: I wanna, um, just dive right into some things. Uh, number one, I'd love to just have you talk to um, your creative process and maybe walk through what you've learned over the years. You've put out more than—is it eleven albums? I think eleven albums and EPs.
1: You know, uh, yeah, we've we've kind of stopped counting because it makes me feel really old. You know what I mean? So <laughs> somewhere in there, yeah, I think we're probably in double digits uh, in, in 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 albums now, which is crazy. It's fantastic.
0: Well, in that time, I'm sure you've learned a lot, and um, I'd love to hear just maybe in a nutshell, a little bit of what you've learned in terms of your process to be creative, writing songs, and in
1: general. Yeah, thank you. Well, great to chat with you, man. I appreciate you taking some time with me, and and uh, man, it's crazy. You know, music, uh, you know, creative process. It looks different in every season of life, right? So when I'm 18 years old and I'm entering college. I went to Baylor University here in Texas and and uh, jumped right in. My brother planted a church in college called UBC and he said, hey, I met this guy on campus. His name is David Crowder. He's going to lead worship. Would you come and lead worship with him? And that kind of was a whirlwind of about three years of leading worship and writing and, and really for the first time discovering music in the context of the church. You know, Because for me, as somebody who was writing and beginning to think, hey, I might play music. I might, and this music thing actually might be something that I, do. You, know, uh, you know, you go up to college and you start to have those kind of thoughts like, is this something that would be a job for me? And my time with, with Crowder and my brother at, at that church, it be, the, the world of faith and, and the world of music began to collide. And I thought, man, this, um, these two may go together, you know? And so when I'm 18, 19, 20, the the creative process looked a lot different than now that I'm in in my 30s, you know, and I have a family and and, uh, there's a lot of demands on my schedule. But, uh, you know, less about the process and more about the creativity, I think, is kind of what I've discovered over the last few years, which is uh, music for many years was my life, right? So music, I I tend to. Uh, I, I, I I seemed in many ways to define my life in terms of music. I was a musician. Music is what I do. Music is who I am. I live and breathe it. I would make albums, I would tour, I would come back and lead worship. I would then make albums. I would then tour It just was this big cycle. Music was who I was and over the last few years, i've realized that you know music is really less about defining me and it 's more about becoming a filter for everything that I am getting poured through that filter. Does that make sense so um, what I thought was, you know, who I am, this is, this is all about, you know, my whole life is all about music. I realized that, no, I, I have a lot of life to live aside from music, but music is an amazing filter for all that to kind of get poured through. And I feel really grateful and blessed to have that as a filter. And what happened a few years ago, I began to really dive into the Psalms, right? So for many years, the Psalms were this kind of vague um, collection of you know, songs, almost like a hymnal in the middle of scripture that I, you know, as as somebody who grew up uh, as a believer, I, t- I knew a little bit about David, I knew a little bit about the Psalms. I knew vaguely about how those Psalms kind of came together to form this collection, right? But I never really dug any deeper. And what I began to realize is I as I looked into the life of David, as I looked into the life of, of the other Psalms, even Moses wrote a Psalm, Ethan wrote Psalm 89, there's all these amazing writers, uh, that music did not define them, right? So when you look at the life of David, you realize like music was not who David was. Music was really a gift and a filter for him. So he was uh, a warrior, he was in the early days a shepherd, he was courageous, he was a king, he was a a a creative. He 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 was a you know, in our terms would be a guitar player, right? So he played the harp, he played the lyre, he was this amazing, he was a gifted musician. But he was also a king. He he fought in wars. Uh, he loved. He sinned. He lost. He he won, and all of that kind of got poured through the filter of songwriting. And the more that I looked into the life of David, I realized my life's really not a lot like that. You know, uh, my occupation, my thoughts, my dreams, everything kind of went to music. Instead of me just going, man, what, what, what kind of life am I living? So this is a really long answer for you as far as the creative process. But what I realized was that for me to be creative really meant for me to live, right? That um, I couldn't force that. Now, now for anybody who's listening, there are some very tangible, practical things that you can do as a songwriter uh, to hone your craft. And, and I need to do more of that. I mean, I'm reminded of that constantly that... I need to sit down and I need to explore new melodies. I need to, I need to learn more on the guitar. I need to listen to more music. I need to be around people who are creative. I need to be inspired. On the other hand though, what I realized is that I just didn't, I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't living enough life to, to really have much to say, you know? And I look at the life of David and I go, man, where'd you get all this? Where, where are you, where's all this coming from? You know, when I read, when I read the Psalms that David wrote, I go, where, where, what kind of life are you living, you know? And then you realize, yeah, man, this guy was, this guy had a lot going on. And music, songwriting became this, this filter by which he all that got poured into. The good, the bad, the doubts, the fears, the celebrations, all that. And you see that in Psalms. I mean, really, David kind of gives us a roadmap as songwriters, like, here it is, right? Here's how we can, we can respond to God. And so, uh, the long answer is, you know, a big part of my creative process now is just going, what kind of life am I living? Do I, do I love my neighbors? Uh, do I love my wife in a way that's honoring to her? Um, am I spending time with my kids? Am I, am I really uh, present in the moment? Am I in community? I mean, that was a big, that was a big question for us. Because musicians, especially musicians that are listening right now, songwriters, we're classic at just going... It's all about me, or not, not even in a selfish way, just like I need to withdraw, I need to, it, I need to be reclusive, I need to just kind of find a, um, a quiet spot and camp out for a year or two. And musicians are classic at that. So for me, my living in community, all of those uh, became big issues for me. And I realized I'm a lot more creative, and that process is a lot simpler when I'm actually living and breathing and have something to say, you know. That is
0: really insightful. Can you say that one more time? You, you used the term filter. So rather than going to music first and kind of thinking music up top, you're looking at your whole life and everything's coming through kind of a filter of music. Can you speak to that a little bit more? I love that. That's really good.
1: Yeah. You know, and I'll I'll just reiterate. I, I do think there's there are very practical, you know, on one hand, there's very practical things that we can do as songwriters and that we can do as musicians and we can do as as people who would be quote unquote, Creative. I know that's kind of a, a broad general term, but just w- whatever it is for you in your life, there are some, obviously some very practical things that you got to work at. You know, so if I don't pick up my guitar, I don't know how to play it. You know, <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely advocate for training and for uh, and for me. You know, a lot of times I realize, man, I haven't, I haven't listened to a good record in a long time. I just I've been busy. I've been focused on my own music. That's a practical thing for me just to go. Am I listening to good music? Am I around songwriters? Am I, you know, so there's a whole side of things that I I, want to advocate for here. But what I also want to say very clearly for me, a few years ago, just realizing that music cannot define me, songwriting cannot define me, um, songwriter cannot be my heading over my life, right? And I I get that from the life of David, kind of like what I said as I began to look in the life of David, I realized you know, and maybe it was out of necessity. Maybe it was out of obligation, but, you know, I don't think he sat around going, man, I, I got to write music for my next record. What am I going, what am I going to write about? You know, uh, what, you know, what's the next gig? What's the next, how do I get the next gig? Right. Um, I mean, clearly this guy was busy. He was busy living. He was, and, and he did so, and he gave us a lot of insight, uh, to his imperfection. Right. I mean, that's that's something all of us should be, should be keen on with him, uh, is that we get a lot of insight to the, to the trash in his life, to the, to the, to the garbage in his, in the life of his community, his people, his, uh, the people that at, at many times as he's writing, the people that he led, you know, he was, he was responsible for. We get a lot of insight into the yuckiness of who he was and, and then also his doubts and fears and then ultimately his trust in God. So for me, I could either define myself as songwriter, and I could say, look, this is who I am. I'm going to give it all I got. Or I could define myself as somebody who actually is living a life that I got something to say. And I missed I miss that for maybe a decade. I'm not sure I had that in balance. You know? I thought I did, but I'm not sure I, I ever explored my life in a way that said, what, what would I even have to say? Is my life even uh, resulting in something that's worth singing and praying and advocating for. And, and then by the way, I mean, that goes back to my study in Psalms, but also scripture as a whole. So, you know, am I spending enough time in scripture that I actually know enough about God to say something about him or to him or or doubt him in a way that I've actually explored, you know? And so songwriting at that point becomes a filter for my relationships, for my uh, my life as a neighbor, my life as a husband, my life as as uh, you know, we're my wife and I are involved pretty heavily in orphan care, adoption, foster care. Does all that. There's um, all that. Then get get funneled and filtered through songwriting because at that point I have something to say, right? At that point I actually I hope that when you pick up a new record of mine that you go, man, I, I sense that, um, you know, this guy's not the most creative guy in the world. He's not the best guitar player in the world. He's not the you know, greatest lyricist in the world, but he's got something that he's wanting to express from a life that's, that's been lived. So.
0: It's really good. Um, with that, I'm just kind of off the cuff now thinking of a question for you. Um, is a lot of this reflective of like your latest album, rich and poor? I mean, I I know you put out a Christmas thing since then, right? I think. Um, yeah. Um, but you had, I think it was four records on Sparrow. And then you did independently rich and poor. And yeah. I noticed as a listener, just the way you started that record was completely different. It was very raw. I mean it was awesome. I loved I loved all of them, you know, but but there was some there was definitely a change. I didn't know if maybe some of the these insights that you've been getting happened around that time.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, and I, I would always hope that the music is reflective of what's happening personally, you know, and not just not just uh, songs themselves, but how they're recorded and how they're kind of delivered, you know? So yeah, I think rich and poor, uh, you know, we get that a lot. That, hey, this feels a little more organic. It feels like you guys, it feels a little more honest. Not that, you know, we had some big agenda with the other records, but there's certain there's certain variables and and things outside of your control sometimes when you're on a label that, you know, just results in a, a more polished sounding record. I wanted this record to have moments where people just felt like, this is who these guys are and the life that they've lived, good and bad, and let me tell you, very uh, imperfectly has been poured into the record. And I felt like starting with Rich and Poor the way we did on this record, um, would give, hopefully give some insight to folks that, that listened. You know, The second song on the record is a song called Sing to Jesus. I didn't write that song. Yeah,
0: I was actually gonna bring that up because I love that song. When I heard that, I was like, wait a second, I think I've heard this before.
1: Yeah, I, and that song's meant a great deal to us personally. And uh, it's a song by Fernando Ortega, who's one of my favorite songwriters, a guy that I think is a, um, really, he's just an inspiration uh, to many as, as a songwriter and a uh, musician. But that's a song for, for my wife and I that we couldn't, could not record. You know, it's one of those, like, this song has meant so much to us. It has to be on the record. You know what I mean, and so a lot of people email and go, "Man, I just I sense something's going on in that song." They think we wrote it, and I go, "Look, I I didn't write it, but um, it's almost sweeter when you experience a song, you know." And I imagine you have experiences like this too, Nate, where you you hear a song or a hymn, and it just you just go, "Man, that's that is speaking for me, right?" Like that, I'm 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 hundred percent in. And that, it's, that's that kind of song. And so I wanted to go from rich and poor, very organic first track, to a song that's meant a great deal to me personally, especially through this season. And let that be the intro to, um, uh, to the album.
0: That's awesome. I mean, it's very, very well done. Um, why don't you give us a little bit of background for those listeners who may not be as familiar with you. You're from Houston, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. You've been a part of Ecclesia, the church there with, with your brother, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure that's had a lot of impact on you as a as a musician. I mean, you mentioned the Baylor University thing, but um, mm-hmm. how did that start to connect with the local church and your vision there as a worship pastor? Is that what you were, a worship pastor? Can I use that title?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so I left Waco, uh, I left Baylor University in, in 98. Uh, so I'm dating myself for sure here, but 98, I got married in 98. We moved to Houston. Uh, my wife and I are from Houston, so we moved back home after school. We love this city, uh, minus the traffic and humidity and mosquitoes. We absolutely love this city, and we love the people of this city. We just—it's an amazing, it really is an amazing, diverse city. When we moved back here, uh, we kind of wrestled with uh, what's church look like for us. You know, I was traveling at that point, starting to do music, trying to figure out what in the world uh, music would look like for me, and uh, for anybody listening who is in that spot, there's no. There's no roadmap for that, Nate. I mean, there's no way you just go, well, this is what it looks like. You're going to play music for a living? Well, here's the here's the five stops on that train. You know, there's just there's no, uh, there's no map for that. And so in those years, 98, 99, we began to just kind of wrestle with, what's this look like for us? And we realized very quickly, uh, we have a lot of friends. We know a lot of people, but we don't necessarily know them intimately. We're not really in community. We didn't really have a church that we called our own. And my brother called me at that point and said, hey, I'm thinking about moving back to Houston. He was still in Waco at the church that uh, with David Crowder and the church that we were all part of in school. And he said, hey, I'm thinking about moving to Houston as well, starting a church downtown Houston. And if you know anything about Houston, there's you know, we're, we're kind of in, we're, the, we're the, the belt buckle of the Bible belt. You know what I mean? Like there's churches everywhere. And so the idea of you go, man, start a church in Houston. Like what do you mean? Like shouldn't you be starting a church somewhere else? But you realize very quickly, like a lot of our big cities, uh, that downtown Houston, churches were dying. Churches were moving out to the suburbs. Churches were, were moving out of the, the urban areas. And uh, specifically Montrose was the neighborhood that our church has been and still is in. Um, and it's uh, it's, it's predominantly a gay community, it's the arts community. Um, it's a very uh, uh you know, I would say non churched. I mean, these are people that have had some encounters with church but have said no thanks, you know. So, that's a huge part of what Montrose and in the museum district, what that's that's a big part of what that area looks like here in Houston. And so, long story short, 1999, September of '99. We started a church called Ecclesia Houston that was out of my brother's apartment. We literally, you know, sat down on his couches, maybe seven or eight of us. You know, I would play a few songs on guitar, and we'd try to figure out what in the world does church look like in in, a, in an apartment. You know, I mean, we would throw barbecues at the swimming pool was kind of the extent of our Sunday night church. You know, and and we just began to pray for our city and just to go, what does this look like for us? And so, for thirteen years of my life. Ecclesia became community for us, and we we saw lives transform, people baptized, and and uh, what grew out of an apartment grew to uh, thousands of people coming on weekend services, and and um, was a huge part, uh, not only for me personally, but for our music. So for my band, you know, I began to travel a lot more in those days, but I also began to see how music gets rooted in a local church, and that became a huge a huge aspect of who we are and so when we would go out aid, it wasn't just us traveling and and us playing music we were actually being extended from the from the local church and that was a big that was a that was something totally new for me right so the music that we were creating was rooted somewhere like we were beginning to tell the stories of our community to voice the prayers to lead them in worship to to say hey we're gonna go somewhere together we're gonna go to the to to the cross together. We're going to go to the feet of God together, and and I was young, and I didn't really know what that looked like, and I was learning a lot in those days. But as we traveled, uh, the church would bless that and say, "Yeah, go and let me let us bless you in that." And so for many for many years, um, we not only you know I always described it as it wasn't two separate. Existences, right? It wasn't me playing out here and then me leading in our community. It really, they, they, they intertwined and much of what we did and planned for was centered around that community and a lot, a lot of the songs that people will hear from our records through the years all come from uh, valleys and mountaintops and prayers and sermons and scriptures and all things that, that went back to community. And so um, that was a big part of that. Um, you know, about this time last year, my wife and I felt like that season was probably ending. Um, for many reasons, um, we just felt like maybe this was going to be a, a new season of life. We didn't know exactly why, and so we began to just slowly transition. We had other folks in our community that were, were part of leadership that would lead, and, and uh, folks that we had poured into their lives, and so they were leading music and leading worship as well. And we just kind of felt after 13 years, we were doing five services on a weekend, and. You add all of that up, it, be, it became a lot of worship and a lot of music, and I, I needed a, a season where I just wasn't quite as active, to be honest, and wasn't um, in front of people as much. And a big part of that, Nate, just meant that could I um, could I actually worship without a guitar in my hand? That that became a big question for me. And um, so, beginning uh, in January. We uh, started to attend a community that was closer to our house uh, called Bayou City Fellowship, and we have loved it. And I've, I don't lead there. I've led there a few times, but I'm not on staff there. And our main objective for this year is just to go into worship. And uh, my good friend Micah leads worship there, and we just love him and cheer him on and support him. And Curtis, our new pastor, is a great friend, and we just loved every minute of that. And it's given us some good separation of um, – you know, what's life like when I'm not holding a guitar? I needed to know that and uh, to respond to God in a way that wasn't in front of people, just to be quite, quite honest with you. Um, and so that's that's a big chunk of my story. And, um, you know, we've absolutely love and feel so grateful for our time with Ecclesia. And yet beginning this year, it was just, it was a, a kind of a new marker for my for my family and really a new, a new market for Ecclesia. Um, you know, they're downtown. I don't live downtown anymore. So the ministry that they do is so unique and is so, um, is so, so needed in our city. And so we still bless and honor them. But for my family, it was time for us to say, this is a new season. God's called us into. So that kind of gives you an idea of where we've been and and where we're headed. Yeah, that's exciting. That's good.
0: Now going back to, um, some of your, um, your experiences at Ecclesia, um, was that a, was that really where you did primarily most most of your songwriting with your band um, with other maybe worship leaders or songwriters in the church?
1: Yeah, uh, it was. Um, you know, I, I'm a I'm a big I was a big fan of Rich Mullins if you know his songwriting at all. Um, and I I'll never forget hearing him say um, when I was maybe sixteen or seventeen. I read an article that was an interview on songwriting and, and, uh, what it meant to be a, you know, a musician with him. And he said, uh, something I'll never forget that songwriting is not necessarily something he planned out or mapped out. It was something that he was, it was always a part of him. So kind of what we were talking about early where, you know, what kind of life am I living in a songwriting, um, is it always there, and is it always a filter for all of that life and that's basically what he was getting at um that you know he would write uh in the middle of the night he'd wake up with a song idea or he would write uh driving down the highway uh you know in a van going to a concert he would write he would write after an encounter with a stranger he would write after a sermon he would write, and so all of the life that he lived got filtered through that songwriting, and so I would say that was um fairly true for us. We didn't always, it wasn't always this, uh, this kind of scheduled out agenda, right? But songs tended to pop up when life was being lived. Um, and God was moving in, in our hearts, you know? And so we did write a lot in the context of the church. We did write with other people in the church. We wrote as a band. We wrote, um, you know, in times of, of, uh, Uh, You know, right after we recorded a record, or getting ready for a record, that didn't always dictate it. And so, yeah, songwriting um, tended to be, uh, and we hoped it would be, and obviously kind of what we've talked about, Nate, already, is that I want it to be always connected to the things that are going on personally in your life, right? Because if songwriting's present always, and it's always your filter there, um, then your time with God, your time with friends, your time with uh, um, your spouse, your time with kids, your neighbor you as a neighbor all that gets funneled through so there was times that was happening more than others but for the most part it tended to be more organic all you know most of our songwriting tend to happen more organically that's cool
0: so are you primarily the songwriter in terms of you have an idea and, and you take it to the guys or do you start from scratch together or have you done it both ways
1: we've done it both ways um Again, one of the things that I tried to learn early on from good songwriters, guys like Rich Mullins, guys like David Crowder, friends that I encountered along the way, is just that there may not be a set way to do this. And so you need to open yourself up to um, to allowing songs to come in many different ways. So if you have a melody idea, sing it into a microphone and store it for a year or two I mean that's happened several times just and I think I had an idea that would be worth exploring let me go back and let me go back and find that if you have a lyric that's worth writing down that you necessarily don't have a, uh, a melody that it's it's married to yet jot it down it, be disciplined enough to have some kind of system where you've got lyrics stored up um, and then if if you're you um, are if you're open to it, write with other people. And that's one thing that's always difficult. I always hear from songwriters, I go, man, I just I struggle at the whole, the whole idea of co-writing with somebody, collaborating with some somebody. And I just go, yeah, that can be so weird. It can just be so strange. It can be so foreign, right? And I think songwriting, the idea of I you know, throwing your ideas out there for a song. Can make you feel as naked as just about anything that you do, right? I mean it is that kind of dream that you have where you're like show up at school and just your boxers, you know it's like it is as vulnerable of a place that of uh, that just about anything that you would you would do, right and I think um, and so and so um, because of that, I think finding people that you know, I mean that's the thing is guys that i that I actually know and, and care about and in friendship with that's a lot easier than just a stranger that you've lined up an appointment to try to write a song with, you know? So, um, I, I get that in, in places like Nashville and LA, there's amazing, amazing songwriters gifted, uh, way beyond what God's given me. And they can just line up appointments all day and whoever walks in, they write a hit song. And I do know people like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty jealous actually, (laughs) but for, for most of, for most of us, um, if that's not the case, really the alternative is, man, uh, do I feel comfortable with somebody that I can sit down and kind of just lay it all out there? Hey, here's my idea. I don't know if it's any good. All right. I don't know if this lyric's any good. I don't know if this lyric's been used. I don't know if this melody sounds like something, but here's my idea. What do you have? What do you think? How can we collaborate? Um, man, and when that happens, that's a beautiful thing. And so, um, I don't even remember where we where we started on this, but uh, on the idea of collaboration, I think that's a big deal. You know, I wrote a song yesterday with a guy named John Shirley, and he's an amazing songwriter out of Kansas City. He's a guy that I've known for years. I've respected his songwriting. We've known each other. I read about his family. I know some about his community. He's a guy that I feel very comfortable with. So he's in Kansas City. I'm in Houston. We get on Skype just like you and I are talking today, and. We write a song together, and I think it's a great song. And it, it really is mainly his song. I just kind of chimed in, and I think it's a beautiful song. But that works because I respect him, and you know we know each other, and I, I know what's going on with him, and I got an idea of what's happening in his community, and and uh, and that works. So I just encourage people: Hey, if songwriting seems such like such a foreign thing to you, especially some you know songwriting with someone else, find somebody you know. Find somebody that you're not afraid just to to kind of hear from, hey, that's not that. We, we can do something better, or hey, that's beautiful, and, and sit down with them. And you know what? What I think is really cool is I, I'm often meeting guys who are doing that with people who aren't songwriters. They go, man, you know what? I found out one of our pastors at church is actually, he kind of writes poetry, or he, he has a journal. He had a lot of really cool ideas. He didn't know anything about songwriting, but maybe I needed, I needed some, some work on, on uh, lyrics, and when I hear stuff like that, I go, I man, that is super cool, right? So my wife is not a songwriter. She's not a musician. She wouldn't sing in front of anyone ever. But a lot of times she has really beautiful ideas that if I'm just open to her and if I'm viewing songwriting as a filter where all my life gets lived, she may say something and I go, I'm, that's worth pursuing. Could you say that again? Or what are you reading that led you to that? You know? And I think that goes back to, to me early on, just reading Rich Mullins and him saying, in essence, not exactly how I've, I've said it, but songwriting is always there and all of my life gets, gets, gets poured through it. And I'm never, I'm never putting that down. Um, and so every encounter, every conversation, every sermon. You know, I will say one word of caution. One thing for me that I've had to be careful about is, is I often struggle when I, when I pick up the scriptures and when I do listen to a sermon or when I do have a conversation, not to make it all about songwriting. And so, I mean, that's that's a word of caution just for myself. And if anybody out there that is trying to write, it, that just, just to be cautious with that. Because oftentimes I'll find myself um, saying, how can I turn that into a song? Or how can I turn that into something for me? And, uh, and I don't think there's a clear, I don't think there's a, a roadmap for that either. I just think that that may be a tension that we live in as people who want to voice prayers and express things in song. I just think that may be a tension that always is kind of pulling on itself that, you know, on one hand, it's beautiful that all of life gets poured into songs. But on the other hand, you got to be careful that you're not just um, all about you and all about me and all about the things that we want to create out of that. May, maybe God wants to speak to us first and then maybe something will come out of it. So just, just a word of caution for all of us who are um, kind of in that place. That's very good. Very good caution.
0: I uh, wanted to read an email here. This is from Wesley. He is one of the subscribers. He had a really insightful question. And actually, it sort of ties into a lot of the things that you've been already saying with regard to the the filter and and just living life. Um, He says, it's one thing to write from the soul and create good art, but it's something else entirely to try and write to a specific market. You could think of it like a radio single how do you write for a certain demographic without giving away the art of it all and without copying someone else? And he says, I think it's important to write songs that have a broad appeal to serve as a gateway to the other stuff that really comes from the heart. Um, He says, much appreciated. That's Wesley. And I guess we've already kind of been talking about that, but as a worship guy, you know, that makes me think of a lot of questions. Like you're, you're writing for people who are coming in the congregation who you might have, if it's really God bringing a lot of different people together, you're going to have hip hop guy there. You're going to have an older person there. You're going to have a a hipster, indie hipster there, you know? And so you're thinking about them as you write a song, but then there's that tension and balance of writing honestly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, and it is a, that's a great, I mean, that's a great question. You know, I think um, for everybody who is, is listening to this who is a, an artist or a songwriter, I think that's something they have to wrestle down. I can just tell you from my own experience that um, it's taken me quite a while to get to a place where um, I stopped thinking about music in terms of what it can do for me, right? And I stopped thinking about music and art in terms of what can this accomplish, right? Because I've, I've done that. I've done that a lot. So, you know, I speak from experience like that's, that's a very, that's a very tense place to be writing music from in terms of who, uh, who can be reached with this and what level of success can be gained with this and, uh, what accolades can come from this and, uh, what kind of income can be derived from this and, those are very. That's a very tense place to live, and it's really not that fun. I <laughs> think, quite frankly, uh, and and I ought to be clear. I mean, th- there there is some income to be derived from this, and there are some accolades, and there are some things that you can gain from this. So that is a reality, right? So I'm not, you know, I'm not. Dimin- I'm not trying to diminish that. I just know, for me personally, uh, it took quite a while just to go. I'm going to stop thinking about ter- uh, Stop thinking about music in terms of where can this take me. And just try to, as best as I can, very honestly express what God's stirring in me and and really let some of that other stuff fall where it where it may. and I know that, I know that that's very idealistic, and I know that that's very complicated, uh, and I, again, I speak from experience, man but <laughs> um, my, my, honestly, my hope and I think let me say this, you know, I think there's a lot of really great things happening in music right now. Um, And one of the things that I'm fired up about is that um, the less revenue derived from music, and, you know, again, I need to make a living, so I like when you buy my record. I think that's a great thing. But the reality is less records are being sold, less money is made. What that does for for music at the church, what that does for worship music, though, is it begins to to really, um, I think... Um, give us a tighter focus on why we make that music to begin with in the first place. So, um, and I think it, I've, I've seen that happening already. Uh, the, the industry has shrunk and the, all the things that we just talked about that can stem from music, all the, all the, the, to be honest, the, the money and the kind of glory and the self, uh, the self, um, You know, all the accolades that that come with that stuff, those start to diminish. And I think what's happening is people are very naturally going, why am I doing this to begin with? And I'm I'm speaking from my own story here. So uh, for us, making rich and poor, it was like, you know what? We either are doing this because we feel like God's given us this chance to express ourselves and express things about him and to him through this and all the other stuff can fall where it falls. Uh, or we can go, all right, we're here and we want to be here. And the music that we're going to make needs to take us here as in, you know, all the things that we've just discussed, you know, so point A to point B, let's figure out how to make that record and let's figure out how to, and kind of what, what I think is it Wesley that was maybe writing in is, is saying like, how do you balance all that stuff? My hope and prayer, and I think we're seeing it with the industry is that all that stuff begins to slowly diminish and we get a, a, a much more honest, uh, landscape of music for and by the church, I'm, and I'm seeing that happen. Uh, don't get me wrong, um, selling a record is a great thing. There are a lot of people that need to make a living, and uh, most of it is a pretty honest and modest living, you know? Um, most of the folks that I know that do music aren't filthy rich, including me. <laughs> you know They do it because they love it and, and, and they love God. and a lot of the people that, that we're talking about today love the church. They love music for and by the church. And so by in, by industry decreasing, I think we're seeing honest, God-honoring music increase.
0: That's great. Very good. Thank you so much again for your time today, man. I have one quick question for you uh, before we before we um, say goodbye here. But um, as far mm-hmm. as the future goes for the Robbie C. Band, you guys um, put out Rich and Poor. Was it 2011, I think?
1: Yeah, just the end of that year or beginning of 2012. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you did a Christmas, uh, an Advent thing. Is that right? Yeah,
1: so a uh, six-song kind of Advent EP, songs that kind of walk through Advent leading up to Christmas. That was last um, last Christmas. And we're hoping to do another one of those. Uh, I'm I'm seeing kind of a series of EPs uh, with that. So probably another six-song EP uh, that is connected to that called December, it be December Volume 3. But yeah, um, we'll do that again this year, I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I I would love to know, like, from you, like, what was the, what would you say is the most exciting thing right now? You got this new change, um, the new church. It's just kind of a new time for you. What's the future look like?
1: Yeah, well, I'm really excited. You know, we talked some about spending some time in the Psalms, and again, you would think somebody who writes worship music for a living would know everything about the Psalms, but I didn't. I didn't. You know, I. To me, this is like a, a whole new world that's been opened up. So I've committed just to to study and to read and to really know the Psalms well, to know the history of the writers, know more about the life of David. And I I want we've done a couple. We're getting ready to do another one that's just straight scripture, straight from the Psalms. Um, I have some friends in Oklahoma City that are a part of this group called the Verses Project. And basically what they do is they just take Psalms and they ask artists, hey, would you put this to music, just word for word? Would you sing this in a way that allows us to gain some insight and, and to learn these psalms. So I'm going to do another one of those for them. And then I'm wanting to do an EP of about six psalms that we do something similar with. So if not word for word, at least at least uh, getting the gist of, of the psalm and maybe even calling that uh, Psalms Volume 1. You know, I mean, pretty pretty simple. And letting, letting that be a theme of the next recording and just doing an EP. And if it works, you know, Nate, if it if it Seems to connect, and and if it works, we'll do another one. That's kind of the great thing about EP, uh, doing, doing EPs and doing volumes. That if you totally fail and bomb the first one, you just go well. That's that's the end of that, you know. But my hope is that we do a volume one of of psalms, and then we do another volume maybe down the road. And again, like I mentioned, I'm wanting to do Advent. The record is called December, and this will be our third installment coming this year. So I'm kind of wanting to do a few. You know, EP installments of music that tends to be uh, in, in many ways where music is headed. I still love doing records, so we'll do a full-length record at some point. But I'm just kind of fired up to to have a few different smaller projects that we can focus in on, um, and that's kind of what 2013 looks like. Obviously, still traveling with my band, but when we're home, I'm I'm going to church and sitting next to my wife and letting somebody else lead me, and that's been a that's been a really cool thing, man. So excited about that.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that will really breathe fresh life into your creativity. I mean, as you said, that's just the the filter. That's very insightful. Well, again, thank you so much, Robbie. So where will people go to find out more about you if they're listening to this and it's the first time they've ever heard of Robbie C.? Where where would you direct them?
1: Yeah, sure. So on Twitter, Robbie C., R-O-B-B-I-E. And then we were laughing earlier, but my last name is S-E-A-Y. Somehow we say c out of that, I have no idea, so r o b b i e s e a y that's the twitter just robbie C not robbie c band uh and then on facebook of course robbie c band is is our our fan page. I'd love it if folks join us there, and then of course uh robbie C dot we'd love for people to keep up you know we're we're we are traveling and touring some, so please check the check the site, come join us, most of our events. Um, probably all of our events are not just concert events. We, we tend not to just go and play. We tend to play music and then also say, let's, let's sing together. So if you come out, be, be ready to sing with us and we would love for folks to come join us. So be checking the site for, for tour dates. Very cool. Thanks again, Robbie. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Nate. Bless you.
0: about 40 minutes of some awesome conversation and of course we talked about a, a lot. So as usual you can you can get some notes and some links from our conversation by going to christianmusicblog.com session 15 uh, christianmusicblog.com slash session 15 and um, I want to highlight um, one of the things we talked about in particular co-writing with non-songwriters um, I would love to get your thoughts on this in, in the comments of today's um, post. So go there and, and leave your thoughts on that. If you've written songs with people who who aren't writers, I know of a few guys actually who are subscribers who um, aren't musical, but they write lyrics, they work on lyrics, and uh, then they partner with musicians and and, and work together in a co-write. So that to me is super exciting and very interesting. So would love to hear your thoughts on that. So leave some some thoughts there in the comments. Um, and also, there there's um we, we ended up talking a, a quite a bit more after our conversation that was recorded there, and um there was one in particular we, we ended up getting into this conversation about um, what what Robbie talks about as the the uh, an intersection with no traffic lights, these three colliding realities worship, art, and commerce. and it was so insightful and and just a really. Uh, a really exciting little conversation, and I was able to record that, and I'm going to post that as a YouTube video, and you can see us there talking. Um, I just didn't have enough time in this segment to put that in here, so um, so go check that out by going to christianmusicblog.com slash leverage your life, uh, hyphenated leverage your life, and I'll, of course, put a link there too in, in the show notes for today, but um, really, really excited about all that that Robbie's doing. Thank you, Robbie, for leveraging your life for God's glory and for doing um, everything unto the Lord. God is most certainly using you, bro, so so definitely keep it up. For more on Robbie and their music, as he said, visit their site, RobbieCBand.com, and uh, follow him on Twitter. That's at Robbie C, at Robbie C. All right, that's it for episode 15. Please help us spread the word for the new site. Head over to christianmusicblog.com and sign up for the big launch giveaway. Don't miss that chance to win $200 towards Sweetwater Music. Really excited about that. Also, if you're new to the podcast, I want to say thank you for listening up to this point, even if you listen to this whole episode. I want to invite you to join our community and I want to give you a free gift at freemusicgift.com. Check that out at freemusicgift.com. We'll see you next time on the CMB Podcast.
1: Thank you for listening to the CMB Podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.